Songhezo Mapete on the viewpoint. 21.50 is the time. Professor Henny Stradom, who I have had the pleasure to engage previously, Professor of International Law at the University of Johannesburg, in unfortunately torn 10 very short minutes, is here to help us understand what many of us probably have been following and will continue to follow, more particularly as on the 11th and the 12th of January, the case plays itself out before the ICJ. Now, the ICJ, International Court of Justice, based in The Hague, will hold its first hearing in South Africa's genocide case against Israel on Thursday, with several countries welcoming the move amid a global chorus for a ceasefire in Gaza. South Africa filed the lawsuit end of December last year, accusing Israel of genocide in its war on Gaza and seeking to halt the brutality the brutal military assault that has killed more than 23,000 Palestinians, of them nearly 10,000 being children. The U.S. has dismissed South Africa's case against Israel. White House National Security Spokesperson John Kirby says the U.S. considers the case meritless, counterproductive, and completely without any basis, in fact, whatsoever. Prof. Enistrado, please walk us down this road, the ICJ, why the ICJ, not the ICC, the strength of South Africa's legal team, particularly when you're talking about the names <coughs> of John Dugod. I mean, he's as uh, venerated as they come mm-hmm. in, in, in this area of the law. The inclusion of Judge Ad Hoc de Krang Moseneke in terms of the arrangement of the statute of the ICJ, Article 31. I'm not going to ask more questions than that. Just take this opportunity for us to follow with a base understanding when the matter is heard on Thursday, please. Yeah, good evening to you, and thanks for uh, this opportunity. You know, your first issue was about the, the difference between uh, the ICJ and the ICC and why why the ICJ, ICJ in this instance, and that is an important question for listeners to understand the difference. The reason why this matter has been referred to the ICJ was because of a provision um, which is very pertinent to this issue, that is Article 9 of the Genocide Convention. And it simply determines that when there's a dispute between uh, parties uh, to the Genocide Convention, which include both Israel and South Africa, and that dispute is about the interpretation and application of the Genocide Convention, <clears throat> then <clears throat> any of those parties uh, is under an obligation to refer that dispute to the ICJ. And it is under that provision that the, <clears throat> the ICJ may assume jurisdiction. In the case of the ICC, um, it's a totally different sort of constellation uh, of of justice, and uh, in in that regard, uh, the ICC will look at the individual criminal responsibility of individuals. Mm -hmm. Um, So this is not what the ICJ is deciding. The ICJ decides about the rights and obligations of states under international law either in the context of the UN Charter or in terms of a convention or a treaty, whatever the case might be. Sure. So, and that is the reason why South Africa seized upon this uh, obligation to refer the dispute under the uh, uh, Genocide Convention to the ICJ. So that's the origin of it. Now, your second issue was about, uh, if I remember correctly, the... Uh, 
Judge ad hoc, uh, and, uh, yeah, and and the whole the whole team that will uh, you know appear on, on perhaps the before you go to who will be standing <coughs> to represent South Africa's case. I think yeah. it is important to understand the constitution or the statute of the ICJ, specifically under Article Thirty One. Why now, as South African yeah. is going to sit in a case yeah. that is being filed by South mm. Africa, and the value of the arrangement of Article Thirty One. Yeah, the, that sort of provision uh, provides for the uh, situation where the state that appears before the ICJ just, just doesn't have a, 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 a judge of, with a South African nationality on, on the bench. Then South Africa is in a position to uh, appoint an ad hoc just, justice. And that is why uh, South Africa has decided in this instance uh, to select uh, uh, Judge Mosaneki, which I think is an excellent choice. Um, he's a, a very sort of revered uh, judge uh, on the constitutional courts. Uh, he's got a lot of experience, and I think he's, he's excellently placed uh, to, to fill that position on the bench. South Africa is uh, led so, by Professor John Dugard, yeah? Yeah, Professor Dugard has got a long history um, in international law. He's he sort of uh, established uh, the uh, sort of uh, international law as a, an, an important uh, discipline uh, at universities uh, in his career, apart from the many cases that he, uh, he defended in South African courts on the basis of international law. He served as an ad hoc justice of the International Court of Justice. And um, he's got a... a a sort of illustrious uh, career behind him, and I have full confidence in, in John Dugard. Uh, he's an excellent lawyer, and I think the team that will appear with him uh, comprise, of course, uh, you know, senior advocates uh, with uh, lots of experience in litigation and with also with international law experience. So I have full confidence in, in the ability of, of this team to take this case forward and to argue it uh, before the ICJ. And of course the team is Adila Hassan, <coughs> SC, Max Duplessis, SC, Tembegan, Ngai Tobi, SC. Those are the four <coughs> senior counsel who are in yes. support of an 87-year-old John Dugard. This guy has been around, eh? He's been around for a long time. Uh, and uh, I mean, he's, he's experienced in, in different uh, aspects of international law and also in in litigating uh, on the basis of international law uh, is well known. Um, and I think uh, he was the right right choice uh, to join the team. And I also think that he's taking a leading position uh, on the team. So I've, uh, as, as I've said, I've got absolute full confidence uh, in, in the selection of counsel. Let's talk about now the merits of South Africa's case mm. or what South Africa wants to be considered mm. and what is its prayer in if it should yeah. succeed in what it mm-hmm. wishes be considered. In other words, the merits and its prayer. Yeah, the merits deals with um, the, the conduct of hostilities uh, by Israel in Gaza against Hamas and the consequences of that on the general population, the Palestinian population. And South Africa uh, has the argument, um, and it provides a lot of facts uh, to support that, uh, claiming that uh, what Israel is doing at the moment 
uh, <clears throat> has the characteristics of genocides under the Gen uh, Genocide Convention. So, um, and, and as part of that, um, it then in that context uh, asks that the court provides interim measures uh, to protect the civilian population against further life-threatening consequences pending the outcome of the case on the merits. And, and I think that is the, the urgent part of the case uh, so that uh, we, we will hear the oral, oral hearings this, this week and uh, in the case of uh, Ukraine versus Russia, we had a, a ruling within a, a couple of weeks so I assume that uh, this will also be treated by the court as a very urgent matter and that we will have a, hearing on, a ruling on that very soon. The constitution of the court, from what I was able to glean from the ICJ's website, the members are 15 members representing the countries USA, Russia, Slovakia, France, Morocco, Somalia, China, Uganda, India, Jamaica, Lebanon, Japan, Germany. Yeah. Austria and Brazil. Now, with a judge ad hoc coming to represent, or at least to sit as a South African in the case that South Africa is bringing, yeah. I one did not get the idea, or at least my research did not lead me to an Israeli judge being asked to go and sit on this matter. That's number one. Number two, the quorum being 15. Would that mean one of these 15 from the ordinary members has to sit out to accommodate Justice Mosaneke. How would that work? Final question. No, they, they will sit uh, as they usually sit, um, <clears throat> unless the court decides to have some kind of a chamber there. I'm not uh, quite sure how the court will arrange this, but we must w understand one thing. The, the judges that sit on the court normally, they do not represent countries. They serve in their individual capacity. Um, and this um, arrangement uh, to provide for an ad hoc judge in a case that there is no uh, judge or the court of the nationality of one of the parties uh, is simply to to provide for a mechanism sure. um, that the party that appears before the court feels confident that there's also a judge of its own nationality sitting on the bench. And I think I've read uh, very recently that Israel has also uh, come forward with a, um, a candidate in this uh, in this context. So um, the important thing is to understand that um, they will exercise, the judges will have to exercise uh, their sort of, um, uh, their judgment uh, on the facts of the case, as they normally do as as as, as judges, uh, acting independent and, and impartially. Um, and uh, we will see how the sort of division will go in this case. So quite often, uh, we have a, a sort of dividing opinions uh, upon the judges, and sometimes uh, there's uh, almost a consensus finding, and sometimes we have almost a split Sure. So, sorry, Prof. I, I'm going to have to interrupt you. I've actually just gone over yeah. time and I forgot because I'm actually enjoying this conversation. I beg your pardon. Um, may we call it quits for now? For sure, there will be more content on this matter next week when we have seen and heard for ourselves what happens on the 11th and the 12th Indeed. of January yeah. uh, at yeah. the ICJ. Yeah. South Africa takes on Israel. Israel defends her position. And, of course, there are some serious political imports to this. No further contributions from me on this part. Let's hear the matter being heard at the ICJ.